Welcome to the Random Ask Podcast. If you couldn't tell by the name, this is a podcast where we bring on random guests, we ask them random questions, we try and learn a little bit. We have local people that know what they're doing and are masters in their fields, and we try and just have a little fun while we're trying to get a little educated. I'm Taj Sander, a local realtor with Royal LePage Westman Realty. I meet a lot of cool people in real estate. I sell good houses, I buy good houses, let's get into it. Joining me today, we got my buddy and fellow alumni from TRU, Koska Siri, and he is a local entrepreneur, businessman, also in Ukrainian, so he's going to be talking about how everything out there is affecting him and what we can do to help out. So today, joining me is my good buddy, Kostya, from university. Um, or well, that I know from university, but man, you do. Okay. So since university is wrapped up, what are you doing now? Cause I've seen you do, I've come across you in a few different things. We were just talking about it, but what are you doing now? Well, you name it, I do it. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, started from, uh, getting a job at the bank here. I was the first, uh, financial service rep. I was doing like account openings, credit cards and all that stuff. Uh, they got promoted to financial advising. I was doing investments and uh, real estate mortgages. And that's what basically was what I went to school for. Yeah. Because uh, we did finance in school. Um, after that, probably about a, a few months into the into that job, when I got a little bit of a steady cash flow and stuff, I started thinking about a potential for growth for myself and, and, and for the businesses. And then I that, that's when, when I opened my first business, I believe. Um, I started with uh, selling secants, so shipping containers. Yeah. We've got into logistics a little bit, and then that sort of led to another. And now we're in construction, logistics, heavy equipment, anything that's heavy industry, we will do it. So we got ourselves pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you're doing everything. Yeah. Man, and that, like, so I met you at TRU, and one thing I noticed about you at TRU, and I think it's still the same, is man you work so hard literally at TRU I think you had like a full-time job you were a student full-time student and then you were also a research assistant and I don't know if you had a side job at that point too, but you were like you would never sleep you were always <laughs> doing something man and I was just sitting there I'd get tired just looking at you yeah yeah no that, that's true yeah I did a I did a um a little more than full course at school I did six courses at a semester uh, I had a full-time job and I was a research assistant at TRU and the thing is I really really enjoyed it all and that's what helped. Like, I I didn't think of that as a as a something I'm forced to go to. Uh, I was thinking about it as something that I enjoy doing, and I just go there instead of watching a movie or something. Right? And that pays too. So. And you did really well <laughs> in school. Like you, you were very well. You are very smart. <laughs> you were, you're one of the smartest guys, the hardworking guys that I know. And I was always like. <laughs> damn man i need to be every time i talk to you i'd feel bad about what i was doing because i'm like man i feel like i could be doing more if he's doing so much but i mean it makes sense that you're doing so much now because i was just always in your personality yeah well that, that's definitely overestimation of my abilities uh, i'm not that smart <laughs> <laughs> hey, on yeah. on paper <laughs> <laughs> that is true yeah but on as we know you know <laughs> yeah, the people at home don't need to know yeah <laughs> so how did you how did you go about choosing Kamloops and TRU when you were coming from Ukraine? Yeah, that's right. Uh, first came to Kamloops in 2013, just check it out because I was I was thinking about going to study abroad. Uh, I was probably grade 10 ish at that time uh, in Ukrainian high school, and uh, I 
absolutely fell in love in BC. I've spent about a month in Vancouver and then a, close to a month in Kamloops. And um, at that point, honestly, it was just a little cheaper to study in TR at TRU. Yeah. And uh, that's what made the decision between the Vancouver and, and uh, Kamloops. But I was for sure sold to BC. I was That was my destination. And um, you know what? I never regretted it. Kamloops is what I'd call home now. And yeah. um, it's it's cl as close to my heart as, as my homeland. Is So are you permanent resident now? I am, yes. Nice. Do you have citizenship? Uh, not yet. No, that's going to take a couple more years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's that's wild mm -hmm. um and then your cousin's here too right the yeah i actually i moved a little bit of my family here right after i moved uh in 2014 i permanently moved here and um, i got my sister here about a year and a half later and then my cousin came about a year after that nice so we got a little bit of family and then my sister's husband because she, she was married in ukraine her husband came right after um her and they've got a little baby so we are we're growing the family I, i'm saying we have more family here than some of the canadians do <laughs> nice yeah, yeah i definitely i would yeah. say but man okay so you're putting your roots down mm -hmm. you're well man you're that's definitely that's the dream that's the immigrant's dream is you come here you set up businesses you bring your family and then you start kind of getting everything sorted out um in your case though everything got fucked up <laughs> partially yes yeah so uh, like how how is uh the whole situation in ukraine unfolding for your family um the first couple of days i couldn't sleep and that probably describes it well yeah uh is when they first started bombing i was the one to call my parents and, and like hey uh you were being bombed you're in the war uh you need to get your bags packed and be 15 minutes ready to leave yeah. And that was something that they certainly did not expect to hear or, or see because I could see in their eyes is, is like my parents are like me. They're always ready for anything and yeah. they were not ready for that. Uh, they got their stuff packed and they were forced out of their home, essentially, out of the home where they've spent all their lives. What uh, what city are they in? Or where um, are they in? We're in suburbs of uh, Odessa. It's the southern part yeah. of uh, southern part of Ukraine, right on the Black Sea. So it's it's a very very strategically critical point, and the point that's getting a lot of um, a lot of pressure right now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it is it is a very very sketchy place to be at right now. I remember, <laughs> and this is actually kind of funny, was because I remember um, when that started happening. And I went and I was sitting with my dad and we're watching CNN and they're talking about like the Russian troops coming over the border into Ukraine. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh oh, like and I, I understood like the global implications of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, this is bad. This is really bad. And I I don't know if I posted something on. Yeah, I did post something on Instagram where I was just like, this is like uh Essentially, like, this is crazy and just wanted to get it out there because I didn't think anybody else would be watching the news. And I had a Russian friend text me back or to, uh, hit me back on uh, the DM and she goes, hey, I'm just checking Russian media right now. It doesn't say anything. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know you could put a media and Russian in the same, in the same <laughs> sentence. <didn't Yeah>. <laughs> but like, yeah. it that was like a that was a really eye opening thing to me because I was like, yeah. man, they really don't like they don't have a clue. And this is one of the things that gave me a little bit of perspective too, is into like the Russian people. Like, man, they I look at them and I'm like, man, they're like they're like a girl that's in a really shitty relationship with like an abusive guy, and they're like, no, but I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I never thought of that that way, but it's a perfect explanation. That's yeah, the perfect it's... technology, right? And and they're. <clears throat> They're going to stay like that 
until they're out of the relationship and then like they go to somebody and they're like hey by the way all of that shit that you were going through and that you were feeling that was abuse <laughs> yeah 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 and unfortunately you know a human being will get used to anything right yeah. and with being brainwashed 20 plus years you know i can see you know that that being the case but at the same time uh they've just released the statistics that 71 or some percent of population in russia supports the russian aggression so you know when we're talking about it all being putin's fault it is right 100 percent, right because he he was the thing that led to it right but at the same time there is a general support of the population which i may sound a little you know aggressive about it but that's not right that's that's not correct like people need to open their eyes and people need to get their their hats in the world because there's with this access to information right now nowadays it's not it's not a a, a germany of 30s and 40s right yeah you don't only have one source of information from from one guy that's that's a leader right or a leader yeah um in quotation um the at this point nowadays uh you have access to 100 of the world information and you should probably draw some uh outcomes and conclusions out of the you know the, the the thing that everybody in the world cannot be wrong except for your guy yeah no true true and i think like i don't know how that data was collected but i know if like a lot of people there are probably one afraid to ever say that they oppose him right and then also like i i don't like the number 70 percent, but i think like 30% of people coming out and being like, yo, this is wrong. And like actually saying it is a good start. It's more than I would have expected. Yes. A hundred percent. Right. Uh, so like that there it's good and it's bad. And I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, with the way that everything is so filtered and how much control he has of everything, like it, it's not going to, yeah, there, it's not going to be an easy change for them to come to that agree, like understanding and be like, yo, this is too much, but it's going to happen when they're going to go poor. Like it's gonna happen real quick. I think the rush is dead. It is yeah, no matter oh what. Like man. like you know, knowing a little bit of finance and economics, yeah. I can say that Russia is dead already. It's just a matter of of, of catching up to it, right? Yeah. They're running out of resources. They're running out of food, like the essential stuff, right? Yeah. They're running out of of everything. Like give it a few more months. Uh, once those big companies wrap up their operations, there it's gonna be. They're gonna be freaking riding horses and 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 eating cabbage, right? And that's as funny they're as gonna, it may sound. They're gonna drag this fucker's body <laughs> through the streets. I I can see it like when they did with Mussolini, man. The people are gonna fucking lose their minds because it's one th like you can't. You can never change that. Like for a while, like yeah, I I think so. But like when they start hurting. And they start seeing the truth, and the truth is out there, and it's it is available to them, right? Like they are going, they have to acknowledge it. A hundred percent, yes. And what I, what I think is happening is that you know a human being is something that would not care about anything else or anybody else until it actually affects them personally, right? Hundred percent. So even if people understand that, hey, this is probably not right, they don't care enough to actually affect it, right? But when they're going to start, you know, losing their property, when they're going to start losing their lifestyles and all that stuff that's when people are going to st start thinking hey maybe maybe something is wrong right maybe we we can actually do something right um i was actually just before the interview here i was reading the statistics and uh over 15,000 people were arrested um in russia for for just saying that they're against uh, it yeah that they're yeah. against the the state and that's 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 the state that claims to be a democratic state like like how would you define that right uh, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Russian democracy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll reiterate that Ooh, the, the claims to be one, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that's I didn't really realize that they they're trying to tell everybody else that they're a democracy. I guess yeah, they do have elections. <laughs> the ele yeah, <laughs> yeah, election with one outcome, right? It's yeah. it's funny. A, a couple of elections ago, um, a couple of Putin's elections ago, uh, there were some places that had over a hundred percent support, like. You know that shows something, right? One hundred and ten percent. A couple Always give one ten, yeah, man. Yeah. A couple dead people came up and voted for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. yeah. No, it's um, it's funny and not funny at the same time, right? It's uh, he's using um, what's that author that wrote uh, that book, Dead Souls? Where, where yeah. they were uh, they were using he was a Russian author, so I figured he'd yeah, read the book. Yeah, yeah. No, one hundred percent. He probably really liked it. You know? uh, yeah, one hundred. <laughs> Decided to draw a couple of lessons for himself. Yeah, dude. It's. Uh, uh, it's a joke like the mm -hmm. whole thing is the whole like the whole thing surrounding putin is a fucking joke and it's a farce like i, I can't believe that it's gotten to this point and that it allows uh, like he's allowed to get away with it to this point and i want to go back to one thing that you said is like most people don't care until it happens to them right and one of the reasons that i connected so much with what the hell was going on over there was I'm not sure if you're, you're familiar with like the history of Sikhs in India, briefly. Yeah, but like in the 80s, the the government was trying to kind of eradicate us, right? Um, and they went to our like most holiest shrine and attacked it mm -hmm. um, and killed like they said like a couple hundred people. The Sikhs said like thirty thousand people, somewhere in between there, because mm -hmm. it was like one of the pilgrimage times, mm -hmm. and then that led to like years and years of violence in between the two. Because the Sikhs, um, they were the bodyguard of of the president, and they murdered her. Oh. <laughs> well, see, that's that's something that the Russians need to put on the paper, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, you guys might need to take a couple yeah, notes, right? I'm not saying anything. I'm not. I'm not pulling corrections. Just an idea. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, it's too bad because I don't think yeah. Putin's got any Ukrainian bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. he did, yeah. Oh man, yeah. yeah I'd be tweeting those guys <laughs> right now. Hey guys, yeah. not sure if you check the history books. Yeah, what <laughs> the hell? I'll send, I'll send them a book, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, oh dude, I'm. <sighs> We're gonna get hit by a Russian. Ha the ninth yeah. lab is gonna get hacked by <laughs> Russians. <laughs> man, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna take all our shit. We're gonna be so screwed. Yeah, you know, I was I was talking to uh, a buddy in Ukraine, and he's like, you know, today was one of the proudest moments in my life. I was like, why? And he's, uh, I was blacklisted from Russia, and, and he's like, uh, called like a wanted person in Russia. He's like, I'm proud of that. Because <laughs> if, if they do that, it means you're doing something right. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Moscow and check out those old weird buildings. Yeah. But I mean, like, if I never get to, my life is still great. <laughs> oh, wait. <we're>, yeah. <laughs> right? It, like, who cares if they blacklist me? I don't give a shit at yeah, this point. Yeah. Right? You, you know what? Give a couple years. Uh, give some time for the opposition to come to power there. And then, you know, then hopefully Russia. Because, you know, Russia is, there's nothing wrong about Russia. There's the, there's, there's the government. And then there's people that support it. Those are... Those are the tumors in the in the body, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's all set off off of the way that they well, they fucking rape the country, man. They take all the resources and, and disperse them throughout like the main people. And I don't understand how the people at the bottom are like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, like we're hungry, but that's cool. We're supporting the guy. Right? Yeah, let me give him a couple more dollars yeah. for my taxes. You guys make a couple more billion, and yeah. then give us some potatoes or something, yeah. and that's cool. Yeah. But uh, no, man, it doesn't make sense, and the people need to wake up. But from what you're seeing now, 
what do you hear from your other friends in Ukraine besides they're happy mm. to get blacklisted from Russia? Because I think, mm. like, I, I mean, I bet you even us just talking about this, if this ever picks up any traction, we'll mm -hmm. probably get blacklisted from cool. the same shit. Like, yeah, 100%. <laughs> do it. Do it, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what are you hearing from the front lines in Ukraine? Um because because we're running this organization in Canada it's called the Second Front we are we're trying to accumulate a lot of uh, resources and send it there uh, I am in close contact with uh, with the folks on the front lines and uh, actually yesterday at close to midnight I was talking to a guy uh, in the eastern side and he's he's saying it is it is hard um you know jokes aside but it's uh, people are dying uh Mariupol is is about 350,000 people town and again it's not confirmed information but some are saying there's up to 20,000 people dead uh, like, I I don't know how to uh, you know how, how how valid that is, yeah. but that's the information that's floating around, uh, and that just makes me sick to my stomach. Right, it, it's twenty thousand innocent people. It's people that were living in their apartments, living in their houses, doing their whatever they were doing, minding their own business, and then uh, got shelled and got shelled again, and then getting shelled as we speak right now. Uh, close to eighty percent of the infrastructure of that city uh, is destroyed without being able to to be recovered. And that's that's something that, that that just makes absolutely zero sense, especially in the modern warfare. Because, you know, with the intelligence, uh, with all that stuff, they know exactly that they're shelling the uh, the civilians, right? There is no way that you know a couple hundred rockets have missed. You know, yeah. if if that's the case, uh, they're dumber than I was thinking about them, and that's hard to that's hard to beat. Yeah, um, it's. Um, According to some information, there's close to half a trillion dollars of infrastructural damages in Ukraine, and um, that's that's mostly civilian uh, infrastructure. Right? Um, uh, there's a girl in uh, Kamloops here <coughs> uh, that that was showing me pictures of a of a rocket uh, that hit her grandma's uh, apartment, and it just didn't explode. So they were lucky that she's still alive. Um, and we're talking about like uh, uh, hypersonic uh, missiles, the, the stuff that goes over 5,000 kilometers an hour, and that's virtually impossible to intercept. Uh, that's the stuff that destroys block at a time in a, in a city. And they're, they're not selectively choosing, well, you know what, they probably are selectively choosing, but they're not choosing the military infrastructure, they're actually selectively choosing the civilian infrastructure. They're trying to keep people um, emotionally suppressed they're trying to get people to the point where they don't care who wins and they just want to cease fire um but unlucky them uh people civilians everybody in ukraine are so gathered together they're so supportive uh that civilians are burning out equipment civilians are cap capturing soldiers civilians are doing more than the whole russian army can do dude i am i'm so proud <clears throat> I'm not Ukrainian. At all. I'm not like my. Yeah. Look at me, man. Yeah. My family's from nowhere near Ukraine, yeah. <laughs> right? But I'm so proud of what the Ukrainian people are doing. Um, I'm super proud of the president for standing up and standing his ground. Um, I bet they thought he was going to fold, but man, that guy stepped up. But the people, especially that man, you guys. I feel like you guys worked so hard to get your country and been through so much shit that I don't know what the fuck they were thinking that you guys were like, was he thinking you guys are going to be like, Oh, sweet. <laughs> I think so. Honestly, I think so. I think they were betting on like a 48 hour operation where they will just push in. Uh, people will say, Oh no, Russia, it's very powerful whatever. Uh, let's give up. Uh, no, 
Fuck no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. No. Uh, over the, what is it, almost a month of war, uh, they have captured one uh, regional center, uh, about 300,000 people town, and that is all. They have only captured one, and only because it was so close to uh, Crimea borders that, uh, that they've had a very, very significant uh, presence there already. Um, besides that, all of their plans to capture Kiev, Odessa, Kharkiv, uh, even Mariupol, uh, th that, that's the town I was talking about earlier that's surrounded, uh, have failed. They have got nothing. Yeah. They have uh, lost close to 15,000 of their troops, um, rightfully so. Uh, they have lost hundreds and thousands of units of equipment. There's actually um, a case. It's... Um, our Minister of Defense and uh, President's advisor uh, in the defense have, have tweeted about it. There's a town in uh, southern um, Ukraine that they've tried to capture six times. Uh, we're not holding that town. They're just coming in there, putting in their base. We're shelling them, destroying the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, they're leaving. They're coming again. We're shelling them. It's, 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 it's that dumb, yeah. They've lost over a thousand units of equipment in that one place. And uh, they did it again a couple days ago. It's like seventh time. It's like that. You just have to be retarded and then, you know, just give up. <laughs> yeah, it, that makes like, man, that makes yeah. no sense yeah. to me. Like the whole thing, the whole thing makes no sense to me. And me and my dad sat and talked and we're like, what is going on? Like what? Who told them that this is a good idea? <laughs> Who's like, yo, buddy. You know what you should do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I dare you. <laughs> yeah, man, I yeah. got a good plan. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to walk in. Hold, hold my they're beer. Be, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you thought Crimea was easy. Hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Like, it, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it's. There. It doesn't compute, man. Like, it doesn't. There's no rhyme or reason. But, okay, tell me this. What are the reasons why somebody would want to do this to Ukraine? Why is Ukraine such a valuable country, even to us over here? Mm hmm. Uh, it is. It is actually critical geopolitically to uh, both Russia and the uh, Western world um, for multiple reasons. First of all, is access to Black Sea, um, trade, of course. Uh, second is, is is the is the center of Europe. It's the largest country in Europe. It's the center of Europe. Whoever has the military bases there dominates the Europe, right? The airspace and all that stuff. Um, as far as Ukraine ourselves, uh, we just want to be left alone, essentially. <laughs> we don't want to be with either. Yeah. Uh, we asked for NATO support. I don't think that is going too well uh, right now. So it's like our president was saying, uh, give us a couple more days and NATO will ask to um, to join Ukraine because <laughs> they're doing so well. <laughs> and yeah, no, uh, to your previous point is that who could have given, you know, gotten this stupid plan is uh, some... Uh, researchers uh, I was actually reading recently and they were saying that it's very likely that Putin wasn't getting all that information uh, correctly is that his higher-ups in the in the military uh, were over exaggerating the power of the, of, of the military and yeah that's it, it <laughs> could have like, been it no nah, bro been we're good yeah no we got this yeah yeah we didn't steal the <laughs> couple million dollars last week or something right we were good yeah we yeah, still we, have we bought those planes yeah right <laughs> yeah. yeah and and i mean it sounds to me like it, it could happen right it, it's it's the whole system is so you know corrupted and 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 the level of bureaucracy is so high that it, it sounds very reasonable um, as far as um, you know, them entering Ukraine, I, I'm 100% sure that they were hoping for a couple of days, and and then you know the, they will capture Lviv, which is the far western part. Yeah. Uh, they're not even close to that. Oh, dude, no, no they're long. like they're like some points. They they've made it like seven kilometers into the border, and that's it. And like uh, they've 
the, the most critical points that, that are happening right now would be Mykolaiv, uh, that's the southern part, close to Odessa, that's the next uh, town to Odessa. Uh, they've made a couple hundred kilometers in there. Um, it's That's the strip I was telling you about that's close to Crimea, and they've had a, a lot of... Uh, artillery support and a lot of um, naval support from the Black Sea there as well, so that helped them a lot. Uh, but we're holding them back at the same point for the last two and a half weeks or something like are that. They, are, they still, <laughs> are they still at Chernobyl? Like, yes. Who, <laughs> yes. I, I saw their plan and I was like, man, yeah. these guys did not. Yeah. Well, you guys did not fucking think this through. Don't go through <laughs> Don't go through Chernobyl. Yeah, well, see, right? like, see strategically, that wasn't so bad, uh, as bad an idea as, as it may seem because uh, it, it was a free passage for them, right? It was just right on the border with with Belarus. That's where they were, they were pushing their, yeah. their troops from. And it was just a free passage, right? It was guarded. It was guarded fairly hardly. Uh, but it's something where nobody is allowed to have any artillery presence. You, you're not allowed to to shell that area, right? So, if but I mean, in times of war, like you're, no, you well, can, you're not you supposed can't. to fucking shell another country. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, but no, but right, still, you right, still yeah. can't because, no, like, can't. If, if 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 there's any action close to uh, any of the critical infrastructure, like. Again, critical infrastructure can be defined multiple ways, but like a nuclear uh, power plant yeah, or something like that, you're not allowed to do anything, like okay. even during the warfare, right? And that's what they used, right? They, if they're pushing, we can't do anything about it, right? Because we don't want to freaking explode the whole Europe. Yeah. Right? Preferably not. Um, and uh, they've used it. They've cap- captured the the power plant, and that's as far as they went, right? They can't get out of there. They, um, I'm not sure if you saw or not, um, Putin has sent the um, Chechnya uh, group they were supposedly like the scariest warriors. Oh, fucking the gangsters, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They made it like 15 kilometers into the country and didn't even make it to the front line. Got burned completely. They all get <laughs> slaughtered? Yeah. Good. Yeah. The, <laughs> with the drones, yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 like, th- those are like the Instagram warriors. Like they've started posting pictures of themselves on the Instagram and I, I'm guessing they got tracked that way and just got droned. Yeah. Just like <laughs> tagging, tagging locations. Yeah. Like, just made it to Mariupol. Yeah. You're to stay the night here. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, if you're invading another country, don't check in on it uh, into like Facebook and Instagram. That's yeah. Yeah, and those are uh. th- those are the ones that were supposedly like the scary warriors and all that stuff. Uh, but the ones that probably never held a gun in their in their hands in their lives. Like I was I was saying like they're sending kids there. They're sending sending the like a compulsory military units. Uh, they're like 18, 19 tw- years old. They like, don't know what they're doing, man. Exactly, and like, like the hard okay Here's the thing that I think is going to be really hard for them, too, is, like, it's one thing to go to, like, a country like Syria and kill people that look like me because you can dissociate. No, you can, you know, honestly, for them, they can dissociate yes. and be like, oh, yeah, these people are animals because of this and this and this and whatever. Mm-hmm. But they can't do it when they're going and <laughs> going to fucking kill people that look just like them. And half of them speak the same language. Exactly. And it's like well, yeah. you have family on either like. It's not easy to do. And most of the people do have family. And, and uh, it's, um, yeah. And, and, like, a lot of the families have, have broken ties because of that, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, like, uh, you support Russia, you know, fuck you. Like, that's not 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 something that a reasonable person would do at this point. Like, and, and knowingly what is happening, no. Um, like, those those kids, I was actually reading an interview from uh, one of the Ukrainian um uh, media guys and he was uh like imagine this guy has a kid like the 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 20 or 22 years old they came they came to ukraine and if he has a kid he gets like this guy gets killed in ukraine how would the relatives explain to this kid where did he, the dad go right yeah like he went to ukraine to kill 
friendly people, civilians, right? Like, yeah. try to explain that kid 20 years from now what happened to his dad. Yeah, right? when the kid's got a textbook and he's going to be like, yeah, you listened to this one guy for like 30 years, <laughs> like, yeah. right? Like, why were you listening to this idiot? Yeah, no, right? no, like, that's one thing, right? But then when that kid actually realizes that his dad was part of the terror, right? Part of the, the troops that went to actually They're on the wrong kill. side of history, right? Yeah, like, how, how, how do you think that kid would feel, right? Like twenty years from now, like think about that, right? And that's like this actions have ruined relationship for generations to yeah. come, right? Like, like Putin wanted to have power over Ukraine right now, instantaneously. Forget it. Like, there's not even going to be any diplomacy for from now on. Like, I'm a hundred percent sure in that. I was laughing because I was like, man, if the Russian education system stays the way it is, <laughs> might not, he might not figure yeah, it out. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. It might be a little bit hard for him to to make that connection. But, man, okay, so, like, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on, and this is why you're going to be the first person mm -hmm. that we're going to release our new season with, is because I noticed I watched the news, and the more I watched the news, at first I was like, man, this is crazy. And I watched the news for, like, two days straight. I was sick, and so I was at home mm -hmm. anyways. But, man, I was just watching the news, and I was so consumed by it. And now I flip through, and I'm just like... Yeah, that's still happening. And then I go to the next channel and watch whatever I want to watch. But mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, it's still there. But it's it's we're becoming desensitized to mm -hmm. it. But that worries me because the issue is not resolved. There is no resolution. And we need to have these conversations and bring more awareness to this and the people that are being affected by this. Because that's all we can do. Like, that's... The, 100%. Really, right? Yes. No, 100%. Yeah. Like, not everybody can go and fight, right? And no. we have to fight the war on every front possible, right? And and there is informational war as unfolded 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And, and you know, people being brainwashed on Russian side uh, since the early 2000s, right? And that's something we need to create the opposition for. And you're absolutely correct is that people are getting tolerance to this information. People are getting bored and, 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 and tired of this information. You know, opening your, your Facebook feed or opening your Twitter and stuff and seeing a Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. At first couple of days, everybody were listening and, and reading through every single post. Right now, I'm sure majority of people are just flipping through it, right? Yeah. Which is, I can't blame them for that, right? Just because they, you know, it's, it's it is the nature. nature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, from, from the other perspective is like, what tells you that this wouldn't happen, you know, that Russia wouldn't shell, well, Canada is a little harder, but... Uh, like <laughs> Man, if, for, they, yeah. <laughs> if they can barely make it to Mariupol and they yeah, can't hit their targets, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. going to they're gonna try, for, you know what's going to happen? They'll try for Alaska and then they'll hit, like, Victoria. Yes. And then they'll be like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. No, but what, what I mean is, like, what, what tells us that it can't happen in Poland, right, or something like that? Exactly. Uh, a couple, couple, about a week ago or so, the closest uh, missile that landed to European border was 16 kilometers, 16 kilometers from uh, Poland. Dude, it's, that's like from here to west side. Exactly. Like that's you not can, big. You are getting shrapnel at that distance. Yeah. Like, and that's not even funny. Like, that's, you know, that, that's the scale of the of the globality of this of this uh, issue in the world right now. And that's why it's critical to not forget about it. And it's critical to not, to fight with that tolerance that we're getting, right? It, it's critical to keep talking about it. It doesn't matter if you, if you, you know, if you share your thoughts or if you, if you start, posting pictures or whatever it does not matter as long as we create the media presence as long as we create that media pressure and the opposition to 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 the uh, propaganda that's that's all we care that's all we can do at this point and i think it's important for us as canadians to stand up to tyranny 
in any kind of fashion that we view it in, right? Like if you if you witness something that's this wrong, and we've seen it in the past, because if it goes unchecked, you know what happens. Yeah. Right. Like you got to check this shit now instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh Crimea, no worries. Like yeah. <laughs> fucking Ukraine, take an entire country. Oh whatever. And then it's like, what's next, right? Like you. you it you shows you. Guys, like, it shows you the the extent of of cruelty that a human being can get to, right? And yeah. that's and that's that's what is important, right? Is is it's the precedent, right? Is if if we don't. Uh, you're absolutely right. Like the the stuff that was happening in in Middle East or Syria, right? Nobody cared about it enough, right? No. And I'm I'm not saying Ukraine is more important than any other country or a Ukrainian life is more important than any other life. Absolutely not. It is equally important, and we should have talked about it. We should talk about every single wrong thing that's happening in the world, right? Uh, Ukraine happens to be the the, the current one. Yeah. And I actually caught myself thinking about that too. It was like, hey, like how come I never participated in any like support programs to other conflicts, right? Yeah. To any of that stuff. And uh, the answer is simple. I just didn't care enough about it. Right. Yeah. As bad as it feels, right. It, that's true. Right. It, it, and, um, what we should do is we should, we should develop, um, like a dissociative thought where we step yeah, back and then yeah, we as, as you were thinking about a human being, uh, like imagine that was your your parent or your kid or or whatever. How would you feel about that then, right? Absolutely. And that's exactly what what changed in my life is like, hey, I see uh, my friends literally dying. Like I, I have number of uh, of, of uh, people that I grew up with that are they're dead. I've never I'll never see them again, right? I see uh, you know videos and pictures from my friends that are on the front line. They're being shelled at. They're being shot at. And that's that's what changes your your perspective of it, right? That's what changes it from being hey, it's somewhere in Syria to being hey, it is at home. Yeah, and I think like I think a couple things. I think us being so closely associated to the U.S., whenever we see them going to the Middle East, we're just like ah, oh, whatever, right? And it was like it 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 just didn't compute because we're like America can't be mm-hmm. wrong. But like now looking back, it's like man, mm-hmm. they fucked up a lot of stuff. Um, for me too was when I went to university and I actually made friends that were from Iraq, mm-hmm. um, Isra. Um, mm-hmm. She was uh, in a few of my classes and a couple other people as well. But um, I remember her the most because we were talking and man, just listening to her describe the situation from her perspective, I was like, if I would have had that perspective at mm-hmm. the time that it was happening, I would have cared a lot more, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like because we're ignorant to it because of the 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 spectrum of bullshit that we're fed in the media, and I I hate mainstream media. I think for the most part it doesn't really do much of anything. But yeah, again, like just talking to the people, hearing their stories, hearing your story, and just learning about like what do you, what are you doing now? Like you said before that you're working with um, trying to get supplies over there. But like, how does that work for you? And how does that look? Because I know it kind of feeds into the business that you had going with the containers but yeah yeah so uh first couple days of the war we've started uh, a local organization here in Kamloops and actually joined up with one of the guys in Kelowna and then a couple days after that we have merged with um, a Canada wide organization it's called the Second Front and right now we're focusing on uh, supplying body armor helmets uh, medical supplies um uniforms any protective equipment uh, gas masks etc 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 you name it whatever we can get our hands on uh we're, we're buying it and we're sending it out there we're we're desperately looking for donors that are able to support us uh we're getting uh, a, a major uh funding from ukraine directly including the military uh the department of defense 
because uh, there's just nothing to buy for them, right? They're getting some yeah. funding get, uh, sent to them, but they, they just have nothing to buy. Uh, it's got to the point where people started manufacturing their own body armor. Um, not a good idea, just a side note. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely not, man. Definitely not. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, we are working closely with with manufacturers uh, locally here in BC as well as in states uh, and, and sending. We've sent um, uh, probably close to 1,500 sets of, of body armor. Uh, we've sent uh, hundreds of uh, first aid kits, the personal hu- first aid kits, the, the ones that warriors take with them in case of anything, you know, the, the trauma stuff. Yeah. Um, we've sent uh, a bunch of uh, meds to hospitals. Um, uh, some of our other guys that are doing similar things for humanitarian needs, they're sending uh, warm clothes, uh, blankets and all that stuff. We're, we're solely focusing on military stuff though, just cause that is the absolute priority. And that's something that we've already got connections into. Um, yeah. And we we're trying to equip all the guys that are, cause there, there's actually a number of, of volunteers that went from Kamloops, uh, from BC and from, from Canada in general. Uh, we're, we're equipping them to as much as we can. And we're actually sending a bunch of stuff with them so that they can actually give it over uh to to other folks in, on the ground there and yeah that that's that's been another full-time job that i've been doing and and a lot of a lot more people in canada have been doing uh, over the last month now yeah i saw even mm-hmm. on i found um, i came across a, a seat guy that's from london and him and his wife are collecting and getting supplies in poland and they are driving into lviv and then giving them out to people there mm-hmm. right yeah. Uh, there are quite a few organizations like that. We've got a few connections there that we're specifically working with uh, just to ensure everything is, is secure and, and 100% of what we send actually gets to the points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there are a lot of support from, from Europe, from you know, no matter the nationality or no matter the, the background of people, everybody is supporting uh, the, the cause, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy because this is the most fucked up thing to me is that the people seem so unified like everybody seems unified against what's going on except the governments <laughs> like yo where did you where did the disconnect happen like come on man like we what's the next thing that ukraine needs right now really uh well we're asking for well the, the government is asking for airplanes since day one essentially yeah. and uh, at some point they've approved them and then they've got got back on it and stuff like that i can see the difficulty in that from uh, from the governments because it would sort of mean that they would enter the conflict and that could trigger the idiot to send the nuke uh i can see that point right do you okay what do you think the likelihood is that he actually does send a nuke uh Anywhere from zero to hundred percent, you know, <laughs> if if they still work, if they're not stolen, you know, <laughs> they probably sold them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that but, is very likely. Okay, and this was a discussion that I was having with my dad. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think that the military generals or the people, whoever would be in charge of like clicking that button, mm-hmm. would do it. Because there's multiple people that have to simultaneously do certain actions to do that, right? Yeah. They're, they're not just it's not just guy. it's not just like Putin being like, "Let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I can probably again, I'm not a huge uh, military strategic uh, person or anything like that, or neither am I yeah. a politician, right? But I, I'm thinking that he's probably willing to do that. I think, oh yeah, he uh, for sure he is, mm-hmm. but I I don't think that the people around him would let it happen. I think so. Yeah, I think I think that's probably where he, they will start. If, if, if it starts, I think that's where the actual um, revolutionary moves will start. I think the top of the command will start realizing how fucked up they are. 
Yeah. Is because like Putin has enough resources to probably disappear forever somewhere, right? And and hopefully not, but but leave safely. But he's right? he's a sociopath and he craves power, so yes. he'll never do that. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like it, it's and that's that's the scary part, right? Is because he can go to any extent to reach his goal. Yeah. Unfortunately, but uh, I I I have high hopes in the generals or or in the higher command in Russia is that they will realize, hey, if we press this button, the whole freaking Russia will be burned down completely because yeah. once the first nuke or anything of that sort leaves uh russian soil every single weapon in the world will be headed towards Russia. they're going to neutralize everything and at that point it goes from just being putin to like all of the russians yes the, yeah. uh, right like right now it's like okay just putin is responsible for this yeah mm-hmm. they're supporting him but they're mm-hmm. not really implicated as soon mm-hmm. as the nuke goes out they're all implicated oh yeah. oh yeah yeah like it'll be burned to ground like as bad as it may sound civilians will die We'll, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Cuz oh, you're mm-hmm. going to see the free countries thinking we're not letting this shit happen anywhere else ever like just get them. Just yeah, get them gone, doesn't matter. Cuz that's that's the threat, right? Like once once something as serious as as uh, as uh, as nukes uh, are involved, nobody cares about anything at that point except for their own safety, right? And, oh, and if if friends US or or whatever countries uh think, "Hey, like what if the next one will head out our way?" We might as well just burn them down, right? Yeah. Well, and then they have full justification. It's not like, yes. oh, this or that, because that's the worst. Once a worst thing has happened, nothing worse can happen. Yeah. So it might as well go get them, right? Yeah. 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 That's. But uh, I think I. You know what? I'm hopeful that that doesn't happen. I'm very. I pray that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. because that's not good for anybody. And I think the people are smart enough to understand that it's so negative for everybody involved that the people won't let it happen and luckily the people have some power in that regard yes hopefully i don't know how crazy it is over there but how okay so how is your family right now that was back in ukraine like your immediate mm-hmm. family your parents um yeah. i guess your your sister's here but how are your parents so my, my immediate family uh they're in europe right now uh they're they're relatively safe uh, so that i'm, I'm okay. grateful, grateful to everybody that helped with that uh, they're actually planning on heading to Canada right now. Uh, it was a uh, very, very hard decision for them to make. It's because we have so it's my mom, my dad, my cousin, little niece, she's six years old, uh, my auntie, and then two grandmas. So there's six women and, and dad. I feel bad for him to coordinate all of this. <laughs> I feel bad for him for, like, making the trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six women <laughs> and a trip from Europe? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. And your mother-in-law. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. But it's uh, but you know what it's it's good that he's getting out here and he'll be safe here and he's with you right so that'll be good. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that that was my you know the thing that worried me the most uh, and that that was something that I couldn't sleep you know for, for that specific reason that was um, that was something that worried me a lot. Uh, but once they once they got to the safety that I got out of my priority list, so I know they're safe now. Yeah. They they will you know they will figure out the rest. Uh, and that's that's when we've started focusing heavily on, on supporting um, on supporting the Ukrainian military, U- Ukrainian Ukrainian civilians, and Ukrainian people in general. Yeah, but a lot of people aren't that lucky. Like I know quite a few other people whose families are still stuck there, if not worse. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it's uh, you. I think you got kind of lucky in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are you planning next? What do you think is next for you? And what do what do people what can people in Kamloops do? Like, I'm not even gonna say Canada because, like, mm-hmm. that's uh, we don't even need to worry about the people in Canada. Mm-hmm. But what about people here? Because I feel like 
I run into a lot of people and everybody, like I was telling you before, everybody knows that this is, this is a terrible thing that we're going through that we want to help. But I feel like a lot of people just don't know how, like to me, I was like, okay, this clicked when I was at the last rally. I was like, mm -hmm. I need to have you on. We have to have a conversation because this is the first thing that I was like, we can do to try and get you, mm -hmm. um, get your message out there. And then like also click with these guys here mm -hmm. and they can help spread the word. But what about people at home? What can they do? Um, like I said at, at the very beginning is the media presence is extremely important nowadays. It's just spreading the word. Like yep. you said, I mean, reposting this podcast will, will do a, a ton, right? Uh, making it viral, making making the the, the general publicity of this war, uh, you know, to continue being a priority on everybody's news feed, right? Um, that's the first, that's the least that everybody can do. Uh, the f second and the most important probably is the, is help with financing, right? Is we're, we're gathering, uh, finances to send, to send the, the necessary equipment to Ukraine. Cause I was talking to my, um, my brother uh, my, my cousin actually in, in Ukraine. Uh, he's, uh, uh, chief of, um, of, of a group. Uh, he's, um, in control of 120 people and they have five body armor kits for 120 for of, people yeah that's yeah. not enough man. and that's that's not enough uh the, the biggest reason why why that is is because there have so many volunteers that they didn't expect to have that many right it's ukrainian military has doubled uh in in troops in only one week because of volunteers which is amazing like i i, I can't thank every single one of them enough and i was from day one i was saying if you know i i'm all packed i've packed my stuff i'm ready to go if yeah. I need to go, but uh, I realized that I I can do more useful things. I'm, I'm, I can do I can do more bad, more good stuff from here uh, than I would at the you know at the at the front lines. Uh, if it was for me though, I would be there already. Yeah, it's no. I think I think you kind of lucked out being in a developed country, but also mm -hmm. having the connections that you have, mm -hmm. right? That you're able to get support and do more by sending stuff there rather than putting another body on the ground because it seems like they have. I don't want to say they have enough, but they have a lot. And I don't think they'll have enough until it's over, right? A hundred percent, yeah. So. Uh, the, the the human power is not the scarcity right now. Um, right now, the scarcity is the equipment, Yeah. right? Anywhere from uh, a pair of socks to an airplane, yeah. right? E everything is, uh, everything matters. Um, so, yeah, as, as a key, as a, as a sort of... Um, a call for action for people is that certainly any donation helps uh, we're working directly through our website it's the second front uh, foundation and and that's that's where you can directly donate and a hundred percent of those funds goes towards you more than a hundred percent of those funds goes towards the uh, the cause because we are actually spending our own money for shipment and all that stuff um, comparing to larger organizations um, where they you know they have to still pay salaries and all that stuff there's yeah. overhead there's all that stuff uh, whereas in our case, there's there's no such thing. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I like too was all of these things. Like you have a CEO of even organization CEO, all of like the infrastructure, everything that they have. That you they when you make a donation to like the Red Cross, they mm -hmm. they actually pay out a lot of other people in that donation, and then only a portion of your donation goes to the actual thing. Close to twenty five percent of your donations on overhead and Red yeah. Cross. Yeah. So. That here, your all your money is going to the supplies. Yeah, and we're I I am not blaming Red Cross by no means, no, no. right? Is they're just so big that that's necessity for them. Yeah, uh, we're able like we are small enough at this moment that we're able to ma manage and maintain everything based on our own funds. Like I'm spending my own dollars as well as other guys that are involved in this organization to you know for fuel to go anywhere, uh, for shipment costs to to bring all this stuff. 
for uh, even for tickets for volunteers and all that stuff. We're, yeah. we're, we're not taking it out of the fund. We're taking it out of our own pockets. Yeah, because you guys – so here's the thing. Like the Red, of course, the, like a organi- bigger organizations care, mm-hmm. but you personally, it's like people like you from your country that have a vested interest that have to do – like you have a duty essentially yes. to your country, so that's why – Right. Whereas they're not as, like obviously they want to help, but they're these mm-hmm. other organizations aren't always as duty bound. But I mean, you're willing to sacrifice a lot more personally. Yeah, it's right? less it's less transactional for yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's huge. And I think it's easier for people to support that. And everything we do and put out, we'll put the mm-hmm. link out there mm-hmm. so people know where to go and what to do. But mm-hmm. man, it's just it's it's such a shitty thing to have to do but i think like you know what as long as there are ukrainian people there's going to be a ukraine always 100 percent. and you'll and i think you'll never get rid of the ukraine there's no way we're, no too, way. we're too persistent you're too stubborn <laughs> man you're too stubborn yeah. yeah if they work half as hard as you do <laughs> yeah. all they do they do more than i yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. right it's it's gonna be it's gonna be i think the way I look at it is I think this is going to be a growing pain for the world that we have to do this and address this now to create more harmony in the future. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do this now, it's just going to be another conflict that's going to come down the line. 100%. And like I said at the very beginning, it, it's going to set a precedent. Yeah. It can either set a good one or a bad one. And, you know, the, the outcome of that is, is something we can control, right? And, you know, anywhere from every post on the Instagram all the way to, you know, being on the front line and actually, you know, pulling the trigger. Uh, but it is at, at the end of the day, it is something we can control, even expressing our thoughts and even even trying to, you know, to talk to the people that are not sure they're not informed enough and, and actually um, spreading the word. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting people to understand mm-hmm. and know what's going on and the impact of it all and keeping it on the forefront of their minds rather than having it sink into the back where they don't have to think about it because yes. everything is out of sight out of mind and so we got to keep keep it in sight i think mm-hmm. but yeah man i think we're gonna wrap it on a serious note so i don't crack any more jokes and people know mm-hmm. that yeah. this is it is still a serious issue we joke mm-hmm. about it and we laugh but i mean we all know the severity of what's going on mm-hmm. and we all try and do the best we can to help them there but Costa, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for having you, me. Bro. Thanks for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, show me some love on social media. If you know of anyone that we should feature here on the podcast, hit me up. Or if you know anybody that's looking to buy or sell real estate, drop my name. <laughs>